Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, how you doing? My name is Nolan. I am from Past Gas by Donut Media, the internet's number one automotive history show. That's right, we talk car history, and this week we are talking about a lesser known, underappreciated, underrated, undermentioned tuning house called Tommy Kyra. If you're deep into the JDM world, you know these guys, but for those of you who don't, Tommy Kyra is responsible for some of the most understated and just cool tuner cars out there. They had a really interesting philosophy on how they built their cars. Originally, one of the founders sold AMG and other European sports cars through his dealership in Japan and decided to take that same ethos with domestic Japanese vehicles, and they ended up with some really, really cool stuff. This is a cool story. This was a fun one, really just goofy time with James and Joe. So go check that out. Tommy Kyra on Past Gas, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show today. Thank you. Bye. Eight-time World Rally Champion Sebastian Ogier was primed to defend his title at the 2022 World Rallycross season opener at Monte Carlo. As the four-day event progressed, the man who dominated Rallycross for the last decade was in the lead, until he found himself competing with an unexpected aggressor. A 47-year-old dude who hadn't participated in a WRC event in over a year, driving a car he'd never raced. On the final day of the competition, that same 47-year-old overtook OGA and won the race by 10 and a half seconds. Maybe if it was anyone other than Sebastian Loeb, the stunned field and onlookers would have been surprised. Sebastian Loeb won nine straight World Rally Championship titles from 2004 to 2012, easily cementing himself as the greatest rally driver of all time. But hold up, that streak only counts for half of his racing career. How did Sebastian Loeb become a racing icon, despite not getting behind the wheel of a professional car until he was 21? How has he been able to dominate not only the highest levels of Rallycross, but take on Le Mans, the X Games, and the World Touring Car Championship? And what do other pillars of the racing world think of our boy Seb? We have answers to those questions and a whole lot more this week on Pass Gas, a closer look at modern racing legend, Sebastian Loeb. Welcome, listener to the show. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined this week by just Joe Weber. We are both recording remote. Joe, you were feeling a little under the weather last week. How are you? I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling clear. Uh, I went clear, actually. Um, oh, great. I left the church. My sinuses are clear. Uh, I... I'm working for a clear channel now, but putting up some billboards. You're a spokesman for water and for glass. Yeah, I love, oh my God, I love water. Water yeah. helps. Uh, water is the body's lubricant, do you know? Uh, not my body. My body's lubricant is grease from all the- Shock top? Terrible food I eat. <laughs> I, I haven't had shock top in a while. That's besides the point. Welcome to Past Cats, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this week we're talking about Sebastian Loeb, probably a guy you've heard of but not uh, learned a lot about. You know, he's been in video games like Gran Turismo 5. I remember uh, trying to do one of his challenges and finding it very difficult in that game. What car did you drive in it? With that game, if I remember correctly, they had like a motorsports challenge section of the game where you could there was like NAS you could drive stock cars in NASCAR and they had like a really weirdly uh animated uh Jeff Gordon, if I remember correctly oh. in that game. It was pretty funny. <laughs> like his uh, mouth moved? Yeah. Uh same thing with Sebastian Loeb, he's in the game. Uh and you drive his uh I believe it's a Citron rally car. Uh I think that's what it was, or a Peugeot. Really difficult game, obviously back then. And that's all I have about Sebastian Loeb. That's all I got for you. Sebastian Loeb was born on February 26, 1974, in the small town of Haganah in eastern France. His father, Guy, was an instructor at a local athletic Guy. club. Guy? Guy, that's how they pronounce it in France. Yeah, that makes more sense. Anyway, his father, Guy, was an instructor at the athletic club. And at the age of three, little Sebastian started to tag along with his dad and learn about all things gymnastics. Turns out <laughs> Sebastian was a phenom in the gym. And by the time he was 15 years old, he was a four-time Alsatian champion of the Alsace region, a once champion of the French Grand East, and fifth in the French National Championships. However, his competitive spirit soon sent him in a new direction. I can only think of a little donkey doing flips now. <laughs> Bye-bye, little Sebastian. Um, when I was a kid, my best friend's little brother got into gymnastics at being like a preteen, right? Started doing gymnastics at like 12 years old. And then I remember, I think I like kind of lost contact with them for a little bit because uh, he went to another school and then I stopped hanging out with him. So then I went back to his house like two years later and his little brother, Cooper, <laughs> was just yoked from doing gymnastics <laughs> at like 14. He had like... He did, he did like the the rings was like one of his main yeah. things that he did. So his so arms, he was all core. He was yoked out of his mind, dude. Just like washboard abs, insane arms at like 14 years old. And yeah. I was like, what the hell, dude? Dude, you remember when uh, Matt, our CEO, a couple of years ago, when we all went to remote during the pandemic, mm -hmm. he bought rings for his oh, yeah. uh, garage, just yeah. those dangling rings. <laughs> Yeah, and he came back after six months and he looked like he had like a tight shirt on and it was like, who is this dude? This like he was like a nerdy guy and now he's like yoked and a dad. And it's like, what happened? Yoked dad, man. That's awesome. Maybe I should get some rings. Anyway, what am, who yeah. am I kidding? I just sit on the couch all day. That's what I do now. I'm so out of shape. I'm in the worst shape of my life right now. Anyway, Sebastian's talent spread far beyond the old pommel horse. As he says in a 2020 Red Bull driver profile, quote, my passion for cars and speed came quite naturally. It started with bikes, then scooters, then my first car. I soon realized I was more gifted than most of my friends, and I got an incredible feeling from it. But He's all got that, that pommel horse power. <sighs> nice. But all the passion in the world doesn't get you a seat in a race car without a little help. Keep in mind that Sebastian had no racing pedigree, nor was he the son of rich parents. And this meant that Sebastian would have to learn a little more and dig a little deeper than some of his peers. One of the ways he gained automotive knowledge was by training as an electrician. That's right. 
This real-world trade tangentially influenced his understanding of the increasingly technical engines of the race cars he would soon encounter. He also once spent his entire electrician's salary on a Renault 5 GT Turbo. Just sick. That's, That's understandable. Cool. Sebastian's motorsport journey began at the relatively ancient age of 21, when he scraped together a 100-franc fee to enter the 1995 French karting competition Rally Jeune which translates to Youth Rally, which had over 15,000 entries. Sebastian, what? Yeah. Sebastian won his regional selection and then the final, but for various reasons, he wasn't selected for the national final. And though he failed again in the 1996 finals, he felt confident that driving was his future. So that was his first foray, and he, out of 15,000 people, he almost makes it. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Pretty damn good. Sebastian got his first shot at a rally driving competition in 1997 with Ambition Sport Auto. Sebastian was paired with team owner Dominique Hines as his co-driver in a Peugeot 106 Volant. Hines had extensive racing experience, and the knowledge he offered to Sebastian was immediately evident, as the two won their very first regional event in Alsace, France. Loeb said in his Red Bull profile, quote, it flew by. It was a long time ago, but I'll have memories of that race I'll never forget. 1997 was also the year that Sebastian met Daniel Elena of Monaco. And in 1998, the two began their soon-to-be legendary driving partnership in the French Citroën Saxo Trophy Series, where they won twice in their inaugural seasons before taking the title in 1999. Seb and Daniel's rapid rise caught the eye of several powers that be in the racing world, including Guy Frequellen, a man who would help shape the rest of Sebastian's career. Well, that uh, accent is like Frey. Frey Quillen. Frey Quillen. Uh, I'm going to France this summer uh, in September. I think I need to brush up on my, my French. I never took it, so I have no idea how to pronounce any of this stuff. Yeah, it's hard to brush up on your French if you never took it. You better start now. I better start brushing. Guy Fricolin was an accomplished driver who had finished second in the 1981 World Rally Championship. But by 2000, he was moving up the ranks at Citroën, and the man known as Grizzly had a special feeling about a 26-year-old Sebastian. I knew Seb when he was competing in the Saxo Trophy. We were watching the young drivers coming through, and we could see from this guy that there was something special. We started to help a little bit. Not so much, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Uh, shortly thereafter, Sebastian was invited to participate in two international competitions, San Remo and Corsica, driving his first WRC car, the Toyota Corolla WRC. Ah, you know, uh, Napoleon, not really French. Napoleon was from Corsica. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he died on St. Helens Island. They found arsenic in the follicles of his hair. Ah. Um, Sebastian finished in the top 10 for both events, both the San Remo and Corsica events. Sebastian calls 2000-2001 the most important year of his career. Frequelin and Citroen sponsored him in the Super 1600, a rally car formula used in Junior World Rally Championship, and also gave him the XR kit, for the French Championship. Hmm. I've heard of the XR before. Yeah, me too. As Guy Fricolin said, the results were the same. He was winning all the time. There's a little bit of German in there. <laughs> Seb went on to win five out of six events in the inaugural 2001 Junior World Rally Championship, making it clear that he was ready for the World Rally Championship. 
Sebastian made his WRC debut at the 2001 Rally San Remo, where he shocked the racing world where he not only beat his experienced teammates Philippe Bugalski and Jesus Piras, but finished second behind fellow Frenchman Gilles Panizzi. Sebastian loved the new WRC Exara, which was more advanced than the Corolla he drove in prior races. It was a revelation, a turning point in my career. This was my first event as an official driver and a trigger for me. All the manufacturers called me. Everyone offered me official driver contracts, but, alas, I decided to stay loyal. To stay with Citroën, who'd got me that far. That's cool. You dangle a couple of French francs in front of someone, they're going to jump shit, but not this guy. The 2002 season was Sebastian's first as WRC driver with a Citroën Total World Rally Team, a year in which the team participated in only seven races. Sebastian took second in the very first race at Monte Carlo and eventually claimed his first WRC victory in the 10th round in Germany. For his first, for his first full WRC season in 2003, Sebastian was teamed with Colin McRae and Carlos Sainz Sr., who were rally icons in their own right. Like Dominic Hines before him, McRae and Sainz mentored Sebastian, which gave him another confidence boost. Jeez, like two of the greats of all time, showing you the ropes. You hear this stuff happening in like the 60s when the racing world was super small and they were mm. like, yeah, and then, you know, Carol Shelby uh, fixed my radiator. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you don't hear about this in 2003. Like no, it's, it's, pretty crazy. it's pretty crazy to be, like have such a quick rise and then have these insane iconic mentors just at your side. Be like, teach me to be handsome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carlos, feed me Hamon Iberico. <laughs> I wonder if Carlos Sainz, instead of having like you know, a water tube, uh, he had like sangria and like Himona Barico dispensed stick. into his. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm hungry. Sebastian won three WRC races in 2003 and nearly won the final race of the year in England. Both McRae and Sainz were forced to retire, leaving Sebastian as the lone Citroën driver, but the Frenchman was still within striking distance of taking the lead in the final laps. However, Citroën told Sebastian not to go for the win, and he ended up finishing second, only one point behind Norway's Peter Solberg in the overall championship. Peter Solberg. Why would they do that? Well, I think we're going to learn. Uh, no, let's just stop reading. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to think of what it could be. <laughs> the reason for Citroën's seemingly ridiculous decision was that the team had never won a manufacturer's title. They were nervous that if Sebastian won meaning he would win the Drivers' Championship, the team would be at risk to lose the manufacturer's title. So this is super confusing to me. Um, I don't know exactly why they would have lost the manufacturer's title if he would have taken the Drivers' Championship, but according to multiple sources, this is the reason they told him to hang back a little bit. Um, yeah, weird. But they did end up taking their first manufacturer's championship that year. All right. So uh, Needless to say, Sebastian was not pleased, but he chose to take the political finish as a lesson to focus on what made the final score so tight in the first place, which was overall points. The event allowed me to gain experience and taught me that every point counts. It changed how I took the next season on. I told myself I could not lose a single point. <laughs> uh, 
Little did the racing world know, this mindset was about to unleash one of the most spectacular championship runs in sports history. Little did the racing world know, this new mindset was about to unleash one of the most spectacular championship runs in motorsport history. Don't mess with the, the tiger in the cage. Don't mess with the lobe or you will get pierced. That's right. Don't give the tiger a chance to come out of his cage. Don't give him a reason to fight. Yeah, don't open that cage for that tiger he's just gonna trick you <laughs> we'll be right back with more of this story but first a word from our sponsors angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Sebastian Loeb claimed his first WRC Drivers' Championship in 2004 after winning six of the 16 events, which equaled the then record of French rally legend Didier Auril. The 30-year-old said, quote, it was a dream come true. Where I come from, it wasn't even possible to ever imagine I could become a professional driver, world champion, etc. It's not something you plan. As if to stress this point, after he won, Sebastian did a backflip on the podium. Sweet. Whoa. That's because cool. of his uh, his gymnastic training, probably. Backflips are cool. Extreme sports, baby. The heyday of extreme sports. X Games are on TV. Pop punk and new metal are out. Dictating <laughs> the pop culture. We're all wearing Adidas. <laughs> We're all wearing Adidas and bucket hats. Kangle bucket hats made of velour. Listening to... Uh, <laughs> Jamiroquai. Yeah, I was about backwards. to say, Jamiroquai, when yeah. we're not listening to corn, we hide the Jamiroquai <laughs> comes no, from is, our friends. This is France, so oh, they, yeah. they have a different thing going on. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, we listen to Daft Punk in the <laughs> yeah. metro station. Hell yeah. I didn't tell you this, but I made it my resolution this year to learn how to do a backflip. What? I I haven't started yet. <laughs> um, but I did. They got uh, some time before the end of the year, so. Yeah, I did dunk on the the hoop in our office. It's not quite regulation height, like but ten, it counts. It's like 10 and a half feet. Yeah. Whether he planned it or not, Sebastian's success carried over into the 2005 season when he became the first driver in rally history to win six events in a row. Beating, Boom! Yeah. Beating Timo Salonen's record of four. Seb claimed a total of 10 checkered flags on his way to winning the title by a record of 56 points. One of the highlights of the stellar season came in Corsica, where Napoleon was born, 
where Sebastian Dude, they, made history. You have to learn more facts. I know. That's I. That's the only. That's your one fact. That's my one fact, and it's not even that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> they teach you that in high school for some reason. You know, Napoleon wasn't even that short. It was actually a political. Um, it was a propaganda camp, supposedly. Yeah. 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 He was everybody. Like five nine or something. And also, everybody back then was shorter. You look at pictures well, of guys in like World War Two. You're like. He was he was supposedly five nine, which was tall at the time. So it was and completely wrong. Also, you know how you know how people love to say like, "Oh, you want to what?" They use like Google uh, French vil- military victories as like a diss on France. France has won the most military victories and battles out of any country to ever exist. Yeah, they uh, they just weren't so good in the last like two hundred years. I mean, even in the last 200 years, the French and the British had some of the strongest navies in the world, and obvi- they, you know, their colonies were very long-standing uh, because of that. I know. I just think it's it's military so, might so short-sighted to be like, oh, they didn't yeah. support us in Iraq. Well, that's yeah, yeah. Freedom fries, white flags. That's really just because Iraq, really. Anyway, yeah. One of the highlights of the stellar season came in Corsica, where Sebastian made history. By winning every stage of the rally by almost two minutes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Before this avalanche of championships gets out of hand, dear listener, it's worth noting the overall racing context of Sebastian's title run. The mid-2000s marked the beginning of a new era, one where rapidly changing technology meant less of a learning curve for new drivers. Gone were the days of weeks-long road tests and grueling garage analysis. When Sebastian began his incredible championship run in 2004, racers and engineers were able to analyze data in a fraction of the time from years before. These circumstances obviously don't take away from the massive skill and talent clearly displayed. It's not like there wasn't an entire generation of drivers along with him that had the same advantages, but it's worth mentioning and shows how Sebastian's technical mind was perfect for this era in rally history. On a personal note, in 2005, Sebastian married his first wife, Severine who ran the Loeb Events hospitality area during, during the majority of his rallies and even rode along with him in several non-championship races. Together, the two have a daughter named Valentina. Also in 2005, Sebastian entered one of the most revered races, Le Mans 24 Hours. Unfortunately, Sebastian and teammates Sohail Ayari and Eric Hellari ran into mechanical trouble with their Pescarolo Judd and eventually suffered a 20th hour crash out. Oh, that That's sucks. a bummer. However, Seb would return to Le Mans in 2006 in a Pescarolo C60 hybrid, and this time there would be no trouble. Audi dominated the race, but Sebastian snagged a more than impressive second place finish with his teammates and fellow countrymen Eric Hillary and Franck Montagnier. I suppose we shouldn't be surprised at this point, but 2006 also brought more WRC success for Sebastian. Citroen decided not to participate in this season, instead taking the time to develop their car for 2007, so Seb won eight races at the wheel of a private Kronos Racing Run Exara. This brought his total career wins up to 27, which broke Carlos Sainz Sr.'s record of 26 wins at the WRC. Sebastian was so dominant in 2006 that even though he missed the last four rallies of the season after breaking his arm in a mountain biking accident, he managed to claim his third consecutive driver's championship. That's awesome. 
I mean, that's so dominant. While recuperating at home in Switzerland, Sebastian received the news of his win via an internet video link and celebrated with a cup of coffee rather than champagne due to the time difference. He was a adamant supporter of it's five o'clock only in Switzerland. <laughs> in 2007, Sebastian returned to Citroen and encountered a new challenge with his new car. In 2007, Sebastian returned to Citroen and encountered a challenge with his new car. The new C4 WRC was the first Citroen model that featured new tech like ABS and anti-skid systems, which led to set up entire problems throughout the year. But as Sebastian reflected, in the end, we realized that most of the work was the driver. The driver makes all the difference. It's better to concentrate on the driving. <laughs> Damn it, he's turning German again, but it is Switzerland, so... It's better to concentrate on the driving itself than these types of things. Concentrate on the driving he did and claimed eight victories on the way to his fourth straight WRC championship. That's nuts, dude. It's weird to read scripts like these sometimes when the when everything is just working out and he's just yeah. killing it and you're just like, well, okay, he's the best. Uh, let's let's keep going and learning about why he's the best. <laughs> but he just yeah. keeps winning. Sebastian took his superiority to another level in 2008 as he set a new win record with 11 victories. Oh, I thought it, you were going to say that he bought a Prius. Oh, yeah. He also bought a Prius. <laughs> he also won his fifth WRC title. I mean, when you're on a roll, you're on a roll, right? Finland's Juha Kankanen and Tommy Mackinen were the... Previous record holders with four titles apiece, but now Sebastian reigns supreme. But he wasn't thinking about the history books during the season, saying, I wasn't there to collect or count titles. I was there driving because it was my passion, because I loved it. Breaking records didn't influence me at all. As a gift for his 2008 title, Red Bull gave him a shot at their Formula One team. Wow. I did not know this. In November of 2008, Sebastian did 82 test laps at Barcelona. Wow. Or should I say Barcelona? He got the eighth best time among his peers, which led to a plan for him to race for Scuderia Toro Rosso in the 2009 Abu Dhabi GP. But as we'll soon learn, it didn't work out because he was too busy dominating WRC. Oh, man. Can you imagine? You don't really get a lot of like guest drivers in races. Like yeah. I can't even think of Especially one. Especially Formula One. I can't even think of one in the hybrid era right now. Like, you know, there's no like Tony Stewart's coming over to race. Yeah. Uh, Man, that would have been pretty sick. So, hey, Jake Paul, you want to take a couple laps in the <laughs> Patronus? Yeah, I don't not know gonna if, happen. I don't think he has a skill. From Lamont to Formula One, Sebastian's success in entirely different cars makes a guy wonder if there's something more than just hard work and determination going on with Sebastian Loeb. Well, it turns out there is sort of. Quote: Sebastian's most important aspects are not just physical, but neurological, says his doctor. Mark Germain, quote, he can extract a lot of information from his body and has very high quality visual perception. When his sight was tested, it was found that it is comparable with the best pilots, and this helps him connect his car with the environment, wherever he is. Dr. Mark also suggested that Sebastian's early career as a gymnast helped develop his incredible coordination and overall visual perception. I will say, if you're a racing car driver, take up boxing, um, because 
I feel that when I was training for like a year doing kickboxing, my I, I had really good reflexes. Uh, you know, stuff would fall off the table, catch it right there. Yeah. You know. It was he was like Spider Man. I when I was walking through the kitchen, I dropped my tray full of apples. Yeah. And I was able to And he like he got the tray and he stacked all the apples yeah. up and balanced them. And then one motion. <laughs> that's no cap. No, but seriously, uh <laughs> take up seriously, take up boxing. You guys are on there. You guys are doing mountain bikes and getting getting hurt doing other extreme sports. Get in the ring, dude. Get a trainer. Hit some pads. Let's see that. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, 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 let's see some uh, some jabs, some crosses. Yeah. Let's let's see your footwork do the talking. Yeah. Let's see it, man. In 2009, Sebastian would need all of his neurological wits about him as he found himself in an extremely tight race for the WRC championship that year. After five wins in the first five rallies. Sebastian suffered bad luck and general exhaustion from additional Red Bull F1 training, which opened the door for Mika Hironen. In the final race of the season, however, Sebastian was able to beat Miko by a single point and claim the overall championship. After I feel like we're just using a uh, Finnish rally driver name generator at this I point. I know. Mika, it's, Timo Hak- it's all like Hak- Mika Hakkinen. Mackie driving in. (laughs) (laughs) Marky driving in. (laughs) After such an exhausting year of Formula One prep and WRC competition, Sebastian decided to hold off on Formula One and focus on his first love of rally. Sebastian won eight events in the 2010 WRC season, including his 60th career win at the Rally of France, which took place on the streets of his hometown of Hagenau. This sentimental victory also cemented Seb's seventh WRC championship. Quote, it was incredibly emotional and, without a doubt, one of my best memories. A major rule change came in 2011 that led to a lighter, quicker Citroen DS3 model. Seb loved it and quickly realized it was far better than the C4. He won five events and finished second three times, taking his eighth WRC championship, which broke his tie with Michael Schumacher for the most upper echelon auto racing titles in history. Schumacher said of Sebastian, quote, He's extremely good. There's no doubt about that. What he can do with a car is simply wonderful. <laughs> simply wonderful. <laughs> Much to the relief of his competitors, after winning nine events and his ninth straight championship in 2012, Sebastian announced his retirement from full-time rallying. Quote, after nine titles, of course I'm satisfied, especially when they were back-to-back wins without a year in between. I'm happy and proud of what I've achieved. When asked why he didn't go on to make it an even 10, he simply replied, I don't count. <laughs> I, it's really satisfying that it is nine in a row it's pretty cool three goops of three that's cool three goops of three three groups of three i forgot how to talk <laughs> you know what the best era for rally was though goop b <laughs> that was the year that gwyneth paltrow <laughs> Powered by okay. Jade uh, Eggs. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All you have to do is cleanse the Jade Eggs by moonlight every night. Yeah, and you'll win races. I mean, we haven't seen a driver try that, so maybe. Oh, you can't say it doesn't work. Yeah. We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. In 2012, Sebastian decided to dip his toe into the wild world of action sports via the crown jewel of them all, Nolan's own 
X Games. Hey, now, let's go. Fellow Red Bull driver Travis P, Travi Pistrana, Pastrami boy, dared Sebastian to give X Rally a try, and Sebastian decided to roll the dice. So, at X Games, it wasn't like traditional rally driving like Sebastian was used to. It was more, it was rally cross, so four cars at a time uh, on, on a track. A dirt on a super crack. tiny track, right? With a lot of little jumps. Yeah. Better for stadiums. Yes. It's really fun to watch, man. Like I'm we went to Red Bull GRC one year a couple years ago. Unfortunately, it was the last season that they ran it, but we went down over in Long Beach where they were doing it in the harbor. And oh, it was so cool and really easy to watch compared to some other motorsports. I'm 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 sad that it didn't really catch on. Yeah. And then, I mean, you're in Long Beach, you get out of the race, you go to Wahoos. Yeah. And then you go see a Sublime cover band. Yeah. That's, a, that's a weekend. That's a weekend right there, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, Amber is the color <laughs> of your energy. That's a different band, but it's fine. <laughs> Citroen based Seb's custom X Games car in the Hanson Motorsport developed DS3 Rallycross car. The DS3 XL, X for X Games and L for Lobe, Hell yeah. not to be confused with XL because it is a tiny car. <laughs> it was naturally dominant. After killing it in his heat, Loeb instantly lunged to the front of the 10-car field and won the six-lap final by 12.23 seconds. Man. That's a For a short race, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Obviously, Seb didn't plan on twiddling his thumbs during his so-called retirement. As we've learned from... Every single person yeah. that we do a script on, they don't retire well. For real. They race well. They win a lot. They don't retire well. In 2013, he entered the FIA World Touring Car Championship as team owner and driver. He won two of the four rallies he raced that year, then scored six WTCC race wins during 2014 and 2015, finishing third overall both years. Sebastian decided to leave Citroen Racing at the end of the 2015 season to join sister group PSA team Peugeot Sport so he could race at the vaunted Dakar Rally in January of 2016, where he finished ninth. So he's just bopping around rallies, doing anything he wants to do. He's the man. <sighs> he's the man. Then in July of that year, Sebastian casually meandered into the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, the second oldest car race in America after the Indy 500. We've talked about this before. We actually did a whole episode on the Pikes Peak Climb. It's, it's got a lot of history. It's really cool. You should check it out. And Sebastian broke the course record in his Peugeot 208 T16 Pikes Peak car. So he's just... Amazing at anything he does, basically. Wow. <laughs> it would, this would not make a good movie because he's just, everything is going <laughs> right for him. Yeah. You know? Yep. After a second place finish at the 2017 Dakar Rally, Loeb's, Loeb rejoined Citroen for three rounds of the 2018 World Rally Championship. He finished fifth in his first race in Mexico. Then he had a frustrating finish out of the points in Corsica after going off into a ditch, but won the second to last round in Spain. At this point, his WRC record had a whopping 79 wins, and his victory marked the longest time span in history between a driver's first and last event. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So he even the stuff that he doesn't want to break, like that kind of record, he's like, oops. 
<laughs> out of retirement because I can't stand still. Turns out normal life is pretty boring and driving a rally car is pretty yeah. sick. Turns out I'm not a good baker. I'm coming <laughs> out of retirement. <laughs> Although he set a million baking records that year. Last January, Sebastian won the snowy 2022 Monte Carlo rally at the age of 47, which made him the oldest driver to ever win a WRC event. It was his first WRC competition since his 2018 win in Spain, and the steady Frenchman had never raced a Ford Puma Rally 1 hybrid before, but he obviously shook off the dust in a hurry. I love Ford Pumas. I saw them in Ireland. Mm. I don't know how they drive. I just like how they look. And anything close to like a Focus RS mm-hmm. is gold in my book. <laughs> Loeb, alongside his co-driver, mathematics teacher Isabel Galmiche, beat the defending champ and fellow countryman Sebastian Ogier in a vicious back-and-forth battle, clinching his 80th WRC victory. Three yeah. months later, I know, right? Three months later, Sebastian took part in his first DTM event where he was offered a spot as a replacement for Nick Cassidy, who couldn't race because of a commitment to Formula E. Driving the Ferrari 488 GT3 Evo for Alpha Tauri, the 48-year-old Sebastian qualified seven-tenths off pole position. Sebastian's debut in the FIA GT Series again proved his incredible driving versatility as he jumped into a completely different car from a WRC machine and immediately competed with drivers with years of circuit racing experience. That's, this guy could do anything, man. I, this is one of those guys, yeah. you put him in any car, he's going to do it. Up until now, it's been all, mostly rally cars. So you're yeah. like, yeah, of course he understands rally and sliding a little bit. DTM is totally different. Big, heavy cars, yeah. a lot of horsepower, and you're on the track the whole time. That's amazing. Several of his peers sang Sebastian's praises after his DTM debut. AF Corsa teammate Felipe Fraga said, quote, I'm sure if one of us goes rallying, it would be much worse than seven-tenths from first place. He deserves credit. It's special. If he had more time with the car, he'd be even more up front. It was a pleasure to be with him. Beyond his record-breaking number of championships, Sebastian has also claimed the most WRC event wins, podium finishes, and the most stage victories. To give you even more context, Sebastian has only ever finished off the podium 14 times in rallies he's competed in since 2003 and drove the fastest rally in history in 2012 when he clocked a speed of 122.9 kilometers per hour, about 76 miles per hour. That's the average speed. That's the average speed over the course. It's not super impressive unless you actually know the course. It's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, I guess if you don't know the, yeah, I guess so. Because my dog, I go 76 miles per hour every day (laughs) on my rally to work. Yeah. The praise Sebastian has received from his peers goes well beyond respect, and in some cases, reads more like reverence and awe. Take his old teammate Carlos Sainz Sr., for instance. Quote, Sebastian can drive anything, take it to the very limit, and still have everything under control. He he doesn't know how to cut Hamon Ibirico for his life. (laughs) You got to slice it thin. After <laughs> no thick cut. After two thousand, this ain't no honey baked ham. This is Hamona Birko. It's a hundred dollars an ounce. Okay. <laughs> After two thousand three, WRC champion Petter Solberg witnessed Seb's decade of domination firsthand. The Norwegian said Loeb is among the best athletes in any sport. Quote: Sebastian has done an unbelievable achievement. There are not many sports stars in the world who have achieved something like this. 
I will have to drive until I'm 60 years old to beat his record. Two-time WRC champion Marcus Granholm reflects on what it's like to compete against Sebastian. Quote, he was always there, always, just taking the points, taking the win. He didn't make mistakes. It was so frustrating. We'd be going a well <laughs> along, and then bam, he's there he is. Loeb was winning again. He was an incredible driver. Hey, he still is an incredible driver. While these descriptions make Sebastian <laughs> seem like an auto racing blade runner than an actual human being, nice. Well, actually, that would make him that would make him a cyborg, not a Blade Runner. The Blade Runners are the guys that go after the cyborgs. Anyway, the androids. Yeah. My mistake. Was Harrison Ford an android at the the end of that movie? I don't know. Uh, those same peers are quick to point out Sebastian's humility and work ethic. Carlos Sainz Sr. once said, quote, Success hasn't changed him. He's the same person that I knew when I started, and I don't know of any other driver who's so well-prepared physically. The dude is yoked. He has rings in his garage. He's got rings in his garage. He looks like uh, the Russian gymnast guy from Coraline. He looks like the engineer from Prometheus, the big gray ripped guy. I do actually have a friend that his face looks like the big gray ripped guy from Prometheus. <laughs> and he's a stand-up. And I keep trying to be like, dude, if you, if you came in and you were like, I know what you're all thinking – who let Prometheus in here? It would get a huge laugh, but he refuses to take my note on that joke. <laughs> Sebastian was awarded the Legion of Honor Award in France, which is similar to being knighted. He's also a member of the Champions for Peace charitable organization. This international coalition of elite athletes includes other sports greats like Lionel Messi, and they also promote peace within troubled communities around the world. Sebastian Loeb has one of the most decorated careers in racing history. From his humble roots in Hagenau to the winner's circle at the most revered racetracks in the world, he's proven to be a revolutionary and incredibly versatile driving talent. Beyond his advanced fighter pilot brain and ferociously competitive nature, Tech Sabi Seb's entrance to the racing world couldn't have come at a better time. It's pretty wild that Sebastian has managed so much racing success since his WRC retirement in 2012. Considering that he seems to have an endless desire to compete, we think that it's safe to say that more record-breaking milestones are to come in the career of this 49-year-old Frenchman. He's only 49? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. As he told reporters after his amazing DTM finish last year, the way he approaches each race has never changed. Quote, I close my eyes. I concentrate. It doesn't matter how many races you've won, how many rivals you've beaten. Your determination remains the same. Dude, he is the, seems like the Terminator of... He is an android. They sent him from the future to come back and win a ton of races. I yeah. feel like I don't really know a lot about his personality, you know? Me neither. It's, uh, if it, But those <laughs> types of figures like Kawhi Leonard, you don't know shit about him, but you know that he wins a lot and yeah. he's super determined. He, They are literally just like androids that are obsessed with one thing and they make really smart decisions. And the reason that there isn't a section where we have to read his death because he, he got angry and he overcompensated on a turn or something, you know, like he's super calculated, he keeps his emotions in check and maybe he's a psychopath, but he wins a ton. Uh, I'm not saying he's a psychopath. He's probably very nice. He's just very determined. Very, very determined. Uh, pretty cool learning about this guy. 
we got some listener mail this week. A very short note. Uh, Can I read it? Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from uh, the auto designer. Uh, the one, the guy who won the best designer of the 20th century. Giorgetto Giugiaro. Giorgetto Giugiaro. My sister thought the podcast was called Cars and Farts. Sincerely, Giorgetto Giugiaro. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's... If I could name my biography anything, it'd probably be close to that. Thank you so much for your email there, Mr. Giugiaro. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, hit us up at passgas at donutmedia.com. Follow Joe on all social media. See his pictures. See what his face looks like. At I Joe post cars G. once in a while. Yeah. At Joe G. Weber. Follow me. See what my face looks like. At Nolan J. Sykes. Big thank you to our incredible producers. As always, every week, Gavin Kinzel and Christina Felsky. Just the best. And our writer... Our writer of this episode, Luke Klompin. Luke Klompin. Clomp the yard. Tallest guy in the world. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Goodbye.